0: what's going on Bible scholars this is Brother Dell of Gospel of Repentance Ministries thank you for tuning in, God bless you once again, wanted to let you know that I have a email address a new one where you can submit questions or thoughts whatever it is that's on your mind, once again the email address is questions at willyourepent.com and the toll free number is 1- 855-845-6799. Once again, that's 1-855-8, the word glory, and the number 9. God bless you for tuning in yet again. And you remember the thing, and if you don't, let me give you a friendly reminder. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It says this: man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Happy Friday the 13th to you. It's not an unlucky day, folks, even though I know that that's what a lot of people think, and so their superstitions get the best of them, and they start thinking kind of crazy, but this is a day that the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. All right. Praise God. What I want to do in this uh, podcast episode is talk about the steadfast love of God. And when I use the word steadfast, you think you think of the, the idea is consistency. It's a constant. It's it's something that you can depend upon. It's something that you can rely upon. It's something that is faithful. And God is definitely that our God is a faithful God and what I wanted to do in talking about the steadfast love of God I want to contrast it against the backdrop of evil and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I mean, let's face it uh, ladies and gentlemen there's a lot of bad things that are going on and it seems like well it is things are escalating they're trending in the wrong direction wouldn't you agree? I mean things are getting worse I mean uh, with the cop killings uh, our corrupt uh, government, our just our policies probably in the workplace. Uh, there is too much immorality going on between uh, stars and athletes, and the infidelity that is going on there. The the disrespect of the of the young people toward the older people. It is just a mess every every which way that you turn, and then. We are, of course, dealing with bigger issues, uh, poverty. Uh, I think the disease of the century is cancer. It is a terrible, terrible epidemic. And those who are unaware of uh, what's going on, they have no spiritual insight uh, whatsoever. And those, of course, who hate God, they will point the finger at, at the one they can't see at the one they claim they don't believe and the one that they claim that they hate they point the finger at him and they at God and say well God if you were loving if you were caring if you were thoughtful why do these things happen? I mean God you cannot be a good God if you're allowing all these terrible things to go on and what we continue to fail to realize is that None of this is God's fault. So, I mean, if when you're talking about corruption and you're talking about things going wrong, look in the mirror. It's our fault as, as a human race. We are the reason that this world is in the mess that it's in and that it continues to get worse. It is our fault and no matter how much intelligence man has, no, no matter how much ingenuity he has, we can't fix the problem have you realized that things are not getting better they're getting worse sometimes things will do well for a little while but eventually the bubble is going to burst the balloon is going to pop and things are going to be worse than they were than when that initial panacea or band-aid was placed upon the problem we cannot keep things together because we don't have the power and I don't believe we have the just the, the moral fortitude to do it. So all the more reason why we should rely upon the almighty, we should rely upon the one who holds the world and, and even more so the universe in his hands because we're messing it up. We can't get it right. We can't get it together. And so God is allowing evil to occur for his own reasons he does not have to give us an explanation as to why he's doing the things that he's doing we are we don't we we don't have the right to hold him accountable to anything we are accountable to him so let's get that through our minds and not have the relationship backwards where we believe that God is accountable to us no 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 that is absolutely twisted we are accountable to God and the quicker that we get that through our thick skulls the better we'll be amen so what I want to do is read some passages from the Holy Word of God that describe the God that we love and that we are serving and I'm going to read one of my favorite ones last but here's a there are some other ones I want to read I want to start in the book of Nahum Some I mean you're probably wondering what in the world is Nahum well he was a prophet and in the first chapter of Nahum and in the third verse it says this the Lord listen to this is slow to anger and great in power and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Now, this one, to me, says it all. It says, number one, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and both of those are absolutely true. And, listen to this, the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. So, this is where we... Here can describe the mercy of God, the love of God, but also the wrath and the judgment, rather the justice and judgment of God, all in uh, one verse. See how powerful that is. So once again, we see the the loving kindness of God, the the patience of our heavenly Father, but at the same time show you the balance of this uh, passage is talking about he will by no means clear the guilty. Those who are guilty and and in particular guilty of sin have to be punished. That is God's character. It it would it would be unfair to God himself if he only showed mercy and he never executed his justice against those who are guilty. It would be unfair to do that. I mean it would be unfair for a normal parent to do that. You follow what I'm saying? So that is a very balanced passage. I love that. Nahum chapter 1, verse 3. You're going to want to tuck that one away. Let's go to the book of Numbers. We're going to be traveling a little bit here in the uh, Old Testament. Numbers, that is the fourth book of the Bible. You got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And we are at chapter 14, and we're going to be looking at verse number 18 it says same thing the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love forgiving iniquity that's beautiful and transgression but he will by no means clear the guilty just like it says in Nahum chapter 1 verse 3 visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation all right practically says the same thing now we're gonna go to another book like I said we're traveling we're traveling through time and traveling through the Old Testament right now so we're gonna go to the psalm and we're gonna go to psalm the 103rd division of it I'm gonna find it in just a moment and we're gonna look at verse number eight says the Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I like this, listen to this, I'm gonna gonna keep reading. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us as a father shows compassion to his children so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him so so those of you that are listening that may be in a rebellious state right now um, if things are going wrong it could be because you're not fearing the Lord you're not respecting the Lord you're not in all of the Lord you're not obeying the Lord you are angering the Lord and as a result God is judging you because as I just read to you he will not clear the guilty. You follow what I'm saying? So it could be that you're provoking the Lord to anger by your actions and wondering why things are going wrong in your life. Now I'm just giving this to you as an admonition. If you're in sin, stop it. Fall on your your knees and your hands and repent to the Lord turn away from your wicked ways so that he can forgive you and he can begin to hear you amen alright let's go to Joel chapter 2 alright we're gonna to go to Joel chapter 2 travel a little further in time in the future well at least in connection from the Psalms we're going to Joel and We're going to go to chapter 2, as I just mentioned, and we're going to look at verse number 3. Joel chapter 2, verse number 13, actually. Not 3, but 13. It says this. I'm going to start with verse 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Here it is. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. That's a good one too. Alright. Let's go to Psalm 86. Psalm 86. I know we just left Psalm, but I'm going to go back to it. The 86th division of Psalm And we're going to look at verse 15. But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious. Here it is again. I love this. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. All right. Now we're going to go back in time again. We're going to go to the second book of the Bible. That's the book of Exodus. book of Exodus chapter 34 and we're going to look at verse number 6 says the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness I'm going to read verse 7 keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but who will by no means here's it. here it is again clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation alright let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9 alright Nehemiah chapter 9 and we're going to look at verse I believe it's 17 alright it says um, but you are God ready to forgive gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them alright I'm gonna go to the book I believe that's before that one that's the book of Ezra Ezra the 8th chapter and we're gonna look at verse 22 alright for I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since he since we had told the king, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. This is the part that I want you to focus on. Let me start right there. God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. You get that? There that's that's pretty much the whole thing right there. God is merciful to those who seek Him and He's going to exhibit His wrath for those who forsake Him, who turn their back on Him, who rebel against Him. See, God is a God of love. You need to understand it. And one of the ways that God loves mankind is by warning Him of His wickedness. You understand that? God is always warning people of wickedness and that's why he sent the prophets of old and sent the apostles in the New Testament to warn people and to show people how to live and to let them know hey you're you're about to drive off the cliff and unless you heed my word you're going to fall off that cliff and you're gonna crash and you're gonna burn and so God loves us by warning us in way, and God can warn us through natural means he can do that in a form I believe of an earthquake, a hurricane, a cyclone, um, some type of mass uh, shooting, where people people die that you don't believe should die. It should arrest our attention, And but what, what typically we tend to do as mankind is we get mad at God, and God is clearly trying to show us a warning. Hey, listen, you better straighten up. Hey, listen, uh, if you don't repent, you're going to perish so that's very very important let me see if i can find another passage of scripture that i need to emphasize real quick let me see if i can find it give me a second it's in luke chapter thirteen i'm going to close with this one and i'm going to start with verse one and i'm going to read several verses matter of fact i'm going to read all the way to verse five there was some present some present at the very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, this is Jesus speaking, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What's the point that Jesus is trying to make here? So when you see bad things happening to people, whether um, you know some drunk driver mows down a family and kills them, and so we we may ask the question: Well, what did they do to deserve? being killed by a drunk driver the drunk driver should have been killed but this is the point that Jesus is trying to drive home to his audience to those who were he was talking to directly and to what God is saying to us today unless we repent we will all likewise perish you get the point so once again I'm saying this to simply convey that God is good and God is so good that he's willing to warn us of impending danger. So you have to understand something: God sees everything right now. Just like I can't, I can't see even ten minutes into the future, but everything is in the now with our heavenly Father. Everything is right now. There is no, there's no uh, past or present or future with God. By himself, but when he's dealing with us, he has to step into time because we're bound by time. Time is a linear property, so therefore, but God, by himself, everything is right now. In other words, the past is now, the present is now, and the future is now, and eternity is now. God is in, and he's in a in, an internal present is what I'm trying to say. He is in a state of eternal. Presence all the time, everything is right now, and so being that God can see into the future from our point of view, it's future, but not from His point of view, He can tell us of impending danger. So that is why it's important for us to heed the word of God because it is God loving us in a warning fashion. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, God is by no means uh, evil. He's not unkind. He's not uh, non benevolent. He's not um, thoughtless. He's not inconsiderate. We just are evil. And so when when a person is evil, they don't think the right way. And so therefore, everybody else that doesn't think like their evil self thinks they think the other person is evil or that God is evil because he's not listening to them. And with our limited minds and our limited intellect we think we have the right to to cast Spurgeons at God or to accuse God of wrongdoing or accuse God of misconduct now let me, let me say this also is that I understand on a personal level how difficult it is if you lose a loved one and a person that you knew that you knew that wouldn't hurt a fly your grandmother your grandfather your sister your brother your husband your wife and you wonder why they had to die well the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment so death is a universal uh, judgment upon all men whether a man is good or whether he's bad I mean, it just it's, it's just a matter of when a person's going to die. It's not a, par- a matter of if they're going to die. It's when they're going to die. So we all know that. So it's not that when someone dies, that is something that is unique to them. That is the way of all the earth. Everybody is going to pass out of this life, whether we like it or not. The question, once again, or the warning or the the thing that we need to understand is like what Jesus said in Luke chapter uh, Thirteen, he says, unless you repent, you will perish. So the key, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is to repent. That means turn from your sins, reject them, and turn to God. Believe in what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross for the remission of sins, so that you can receive the gift of eternal life and the forgiveness of your sins forever. In other words, Uh, listen to God, let him love you enough that he um, already provided the sacrifice for your sins by punishing his own begotten son who did not deserve to be punished we deserve to be punished but he placed the punishment upon him he poured out his wrath and his anger upon his own son so that the son could redeem us because the father loved us so that's why he sent the son to die to redeem us but if you reject that gift of love there's nothing left for you but judgment did you, follow, did you hear what I just said if you, re, if you reject the ultimate gift of love that is receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior forsaking your sin receiving eternal life believing on what he did there's no hope for you there's nothing left that God can do for you but to judge you because there's only two roads that we can travel in his life ever Either we're going to receive eternal life with God in glory and in um, ultimate bliss or you're going to uh, receive eternal life without Him in everlasting torment in a place called the lake of fire that's described in Revelation chapter 20 verse 15. Alright, so I'm signing off my friends, that's it. And I want to sign off differently this time. Um, I remember a song that I used to um, sing at my old church all the time, and part of it, uh, the the words go like this. It says, um, you know, life is worth the living just because he lives, and Jesus is alive. God bless you till next time.